Say, this is God's word. Now, y'all sound a little weak. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus name. Amen. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you that it's always a lamp unto our feet. It's always a light unto our path. I pray that every person today will hear the word and allow the word to do an inside job in their hearts, in their minds, and in their spirit. And I declare today that their lives will never be the same after having heard the word of faith. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. Reach every person with what's said today. Give them an individual sermon for where they are and what they need. And I thank you in advance that no one will leave this place and no one who's watching will leave spiritually unfed. We thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow the word today in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, this month I've been doing some random messages that I have just been floating in my heart about. And what that means is I'm doing messages that are not necessarily connected to a series. Now, what I've noticed is the messages still have a connection for what's been said. And last week, Pastor Polo talked about being built different. How many are built different? Amen. And when you're built differently, you live different. You give different. You talk different. You walk different. You act different. You drive different. You dream different. You have different. You believe different. Amen. And this is why I know God's led you here to Word of Truth Family Church. Because you already know, if you've just been here a short period of time, that Word of Truth is a completely different church. I know it's different from maybe what you were raised in and how you were, how you were raised and grown up. But, but, but here's the thing. God cannot put new wine in old wineskins. Say amen to that. He can't put new visions and dreams and ideas in a mind that's full of tradition and old thoughts and ways. Now I'm about to say something that's free. Touch your neighbor and say, this is free right here. The problem with most people is that they want to be different, but their skin is not tough enough to endure the persecution that comes with being different. Oh, I'm going to say that again. The problem with most people is that they want to be different, but their skin is not tough enough to endure the persecution that comes with being different. Because let me tell you something, being different is going to cause some persecution. In fact, church, the hundredfold life, who would like to experience a hundredfold? You know, you got thirtyfold, you got sixtyfold, you got a hundredfold. Well, church, let me tell you this, the hundredfold life comes with persecutions. Let me say it this way. The built different life comes with persecution. The built different life comes with envy and hate and jealousy and hate array. 
Mark chapter 10 verse 29 points this out. It says, and Jesus answered and said, verily I say unto you, there is no man who has left his house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels. What he's saying is there is nobody that have come all in with me. He says, what, watch what he says about them. He said, but they shall receive how much church? Come on, church. How much church? A hundredfold. What's the next word? See, that just kills that, oh, I'm going to get it when I get to heaven. No, because you can't, listen, Jesus, ain't no gas stations in heaven. He says, no, you'll receive a hundredfold now. And then if he says, well, they're confused about that. He goes on to say, in this time. Then he lists what some of those things are. Houses and brother and mothers and children and lands and persecutions and persecutions and persecutions because it comes with the hundredfold. So being different comes with the price. But your faith is designed to pay the cost. So if you're taking notes today, the message title is Faith Walkers. Faith Walkers. And the goal of the message today is to highlight some principles that will help you walk by faith and experience new faith levels. Because let me say this, if God is going to do something new or bigger in your life, you're going to have to step out from where you are to see that happen. Amen. Amen. So years ago, I think we were in year about maybe year six or seven I discovered that God wanted us to build our first facility and not buy one. But here's the problem with that. I was not aware of the challenges and the persecutions that would lie ahead. I did not realize every, that's three words, every bank, 10 to be exact, was going to say no. I was not aware that it was going to cost $9.6 million to do the building. I was not aware that we would be one million dollars short to even start the project. I was not aware, listen to this church, I did not realize that some of the members would fall off because they couldn't handle the persecution that came with being in the school so long. I was not aware of any of that. But this is why you have to now walk. Everybody say walk. You have to walk by faith. And so what I did know is that it was God's will for us to do it. And faith allows us to walk, watch this now, without the ability or the need to see. So let's look in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Hopefully before the end of the day, you'll see something different about this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. It's a very short verse of scripture. Most people know what it says. I want us to read it together. Even if you're at home, I want you to read this out loud. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Let's do it again. For we walk by faith and not by sight. The New Living Translation says it this way. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Now, I've added a new version today. You've never heard of this version. You probably won't see it nowhere. It's called the PEC version. Pastor Evan Connor version. So if I had to come up with my own version, this verse would say this. Even though I can't see, I can still walk. Even though I can't see, I still can walk. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to break this down. Because he tells us, for we walk by faith. So what does the word walk mean? It has three meanings. It means to go about. It means to conduct oneself. 
And it means to live in a certain way. I like that one. So here's what I did. I put all three of those definitions in this verse. And so the verse would read something like this. For we go about and conduct ourselves by faith. It causes us to live a certain way where we don't need to physically see in order for us to believe. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a faith walker. I'm a faith walker. So here's the definition of a faith walker. It's a, a faith walker is a person who decides. Everybody say decides. A faith walker is a person who decides, listen, to step out, to walk on the word when God gives them one, regardless of what the perceived circumstances look like, so that they can reach their desired faith destination. See, when you live by faith, your life's going to look different than most people's lives because most people are fearful and they're not going to move from where they are. Most people are not going to take a risk in life and go the next level or the next step. But see, if you're going to walk by faith, I'm telling listen, not only will you experience things that most people won't experience, you will have a life that most people won't have. So the key word in that definition, I'm going to read the definition again. A faith walker is a person who decides to step out to walk on the word when God gives them one, regardless of what the perceived circumstances look like, to reach a desired faith destination. And the key word in that definition is actually the word decides. Here's why. Nothing will take place in your life until you decide that it will. I'm going to say that again. Nothing's going to take place in your life. Nothing's going to happen in your life until you decide that it will. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. Let me give you a different perspective on this verse. We all know the verse. It says, I what church? Come on church. I what? I what? What's the next word? Let's read those three words again. Say it again. Say it one more time. Now that verse could say it, I can't do. Which is most people's perspective in life. I can't do. But he says, no, I can do. Well, guess what? You can't do what you haven't decided to do. He says, I can do all things through who? Christ. And then what does Christ do? Gives me the strength. So here's the question. Will you? Here's the thing, church. You cannot... Do what you haven't decided to do. And if you haven't decided to do it, then guess what? You forfeit the need for Christ to give you strength. Jesus does not need to give you strength for something you have not decided to do. So let's look at a story real quick that we can discover some principles about faith walking. It's a familiar story, but I'm going to point some things out about the story that I'm pretty sure you haven't thought about. So if you're taking notes, here's point number one. You and I, we must decide to be faith walkers. We must decide to be faith walkers. The story is found in Matthew chapter 14, verse 25. It's the story about Peter and Jesus walking on the water. And let me just point this out to you. I've read the Bible a lot my whole life since I was 20. And I have not read for anybody, nobody in the Bible other than Jesus and Peter walked on the water. So it says, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them. And what was Jesus doing, church? He was walking what? On the sea. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is a faith walker. He was walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking, who saw him walking, church? The disciples walking. Let me just point this out. There's always somebody watching your faith walk. The disciples saw him walking on the sea and they were troubled. 
saying it's a spirit. So they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Don't be afraid. And then I love verse 28. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it's you, bid me, the old King James Version says, bid me to come on the water. Listen to the message translation of verse 28. Peter suddenly bold said, Master, if it's really you, call me to come on the water with you. Right there is where Peter made a decision to be a faith walker. You do not faith walk by default. You faith walk by decision. I'm going to say that again. You do not faith walk by default. You faith walk by decision. And right there when Peter requested for Jesus to tell him to come, he made a decision. Look at your neighbor and say he made a decision. He made a decision to be a faith walker. Now, I want you to notice something because I'm about to show you some principles about faith walking. I want you to notice what Peter did not do when he made that decision. Here's the first thing. He did not look to see who else was going to go with him. I'm going to say it on this side over here. What Peter did when he asked Jesus to come on the boat, could get out of the boat, he did not look to see who was going with him. And that's what a lot of us do. We do a survey. Survey says... We get on Facebook and we tell everybody our problems and we have them to chime in on what's going on. No, Peter did not look to see who was going with him. Number two, he did not ask for the 11 other disciples' opinion. Church, let me tell you something. God's dream for you will not always be seen by others. I had some friends, pastor friends, I love them, very spiritual people who did not feel we should be building a building. They would say, Evan, you've been in the church, the, the, the school too long. But who's, listen, who am I going to listen to? Them or God? And here's the third thing. Peter didn't try to figure out how he would walk on the water before he decided to do it. Oh, that's so cute. Did you get that? I said, Peter did not try to figure out how he would walk on the water before he decided to. In other words, listen, he didn't ask Jesus to try and explain a miracle or the supernatural before he stepped out. So touch your neighbor and say, he's about to give you something for free. Listen, church, miracles can't be explained, only experienced. That's good. Miracles can't be explained. They can only be experienced. The problem is we don't stay in faith long enough to experience it. And so what we do, we try to justify our way out of it. So after we've made a decision to be a faith walker, here's point number two. We must step out to do what Jesus is calling us to do. Why? Listen, church, because, because see, some of y'all, y'all are vacillating between decisions. God is asking, make your mind up, I hear God saying. Make your mind up. He can't even give you strength to make the, to do what you need to do because you can't make a decision. A decision without action is only a thought. Listen to Matthew 14, 28 again. It says, and Peter answered and said to him, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come on the water. He said, come. He said, what? He said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, read this with me, church. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. What did he do? 
Peter walked on water. Listen to the message translation. Peter suddenly bold said, Master, if it's really you, call me to come to you on the water. He said, come ahead. And jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus. Listen to the New Living Translation. Then Peter called him and said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. But I want you to notice something about this. Notice that Peter, this is good, this is good church. Notice that Peter asked for a word and wasn't just waiting on a word. Did you, listen, a lot of people, Christians, we're waiting on a word. No, no, that ain't what Peter did. Peter requested one. So I'm about to show you six ways on how to get a word from the Lord. Because a lot of people, I don't know, how do I get something from the Lord? Well, these are six ways that you and I can get a word from the Lord. This is how do we, uh, this is how we get a word. Here's the first one. We get a word by requesting. Everybody say requesting. This is when we ask God to give us a word to step out on. See, I applied this in my process of finding somebody because I wasn't looking. And so I met this person. And uh, piqued my interest. It was a connection. I was like, wow, that's, that's different. All right? So before I got involved and before I got invested, I was just interested. So I do what y'all, I do what I told y'all to do. I, listen, I Googled and researched. <laughs> that, wh- why you won't you, you use the internet for everything else? So, I did two things up front. I'll tell you one of them today. I said, Lord, I said, I think this is the person. I said, but I I need you to talk to Lisa Fuller about this person. Now, Lisa Fuller didn't even know the person. You said, well, why why you say Lisa Fuller? Well, first of all, I've known Lisa Fuller for 25 years. And number two, I respect Lisa, Pastor Lisa's relationship with God. I've watched God talk to Lisa Fuller outside of that. So I said, Lord, I, I need you to talk to Lisa Fuller about this lady. Now see, some of y'all are going, well, how's she going to find out? See, that's the problem. See, that's why I'm trying to teach you how to walk by faith. Because none of that matters. Because a miracle cannot be explained. So I said, Lord, I, I need you to talk to Lisa Fuller about that. And you know what? I was willing to wait to eternity. Why? Because again, I was interested before I was involved. And that ain't what most of y'all do, but I ain't, that ain't about my message today. That's not my message. So, I did not tell nobody that's three words, no, by, the, the prayer. Didn't tell my best friend. Didn't tell my mama. It was just me and Jesus. And so some time went by. And so after a staff meeting one day, Pastor Lisa calls me in her office. She says, Pastor, can I talk to you about something? I said, okay. She runs the money. I'm thinking she's going to talk to me about some money. I sit down. And she has this serious face on her face. So I'm like, I'm about to get it right now. I said, so what's happening? She says, well, Pastor, first of all, I'm not trying to be in your business. Okay, I'm not trying to be a matchmaker or nothing like that. She said, but 
But pastor, I, I believe I, I, I met a person who would be the perfect person for you. I was like, really? So I'm sitting there inside. I'm like, okay, we're going to see if Lisa Fuller hears from God. <laughs> I say, so tell me about this person. So she goes down this list of this person of all the stuff that I liked, liked it too. That's two words, liked it. <laughs> she goes over all these things. And I'm keeping a straight face. I, I, I can do a poker face. I'm just like, okay, yeah. And then she got done. I said, Pastor Lisa, guess what? She said, what? I said, I asked God to talk to you about that person. Everybody say requesting. That's how you get a word. Here's step number two. You wanted more. I ain't giving you no more. Here's the second step. Through reading. I'm talking about how to get a word from the Lord. You get it through requesting. You get it from reading. And this is when we're reading God's word and the word jumps out or something sticks with us. That's his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Listen, if your screen time on your phone does not include you listening to the Bible, too much screen time. Amen. Here's number three. Hearing. This is when we're hearing the word in a spoken form. Whether that's through preaching, whether that's to, through teaching, that's through rehearsing it or playing it. I'll never forget, uh, when, when I knew we were supposed to build a building, I didn't have a verse on it yet. Didn't have a verse, I just was praying about it. And I was listening to Christian TV, and a pastor on the TV used the scripture that I gave y'all, that second Samuel. He says that I'm going to prepare a place for you, that y'all would plant, I'm going to plant y'all in a place of y'all's own and move no more. I got that from a verse that a pastor did on TV because when he said it I knew it was mine so you can get it from hearing here's number four or number uh, number five you can get it through obeying this is when we obey the written word listen church and in the process of obeying it we get a rhema word amen and then the last one is praying And this is when we're praying or have prayed and God's spirit gives us the word that we need. Here's a, uh, what number am I on? Number seven. Uh, then we're going to be expecting. This is how you get a word from the Lord. Be expecting. This is the attitude that you're anticipating God to speak to you and you have a predetermined, listen, you have a predetermined attitude that you're going to obey what he says. A lot of times God doesn't speak because our heart ain't ready to obey. Now I know sometimes he'll tell us even if we ain't ready. How many, you know, been there, done that, right? He, he, but anyway, when you have a heart to obey, God will speak. Listen to the New Living Translation of Matthew chapter 14 very quickly again, verse 28. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And then he says, yes, come, Jesus said. Now I want you to notice something. Please note that the fact that Jesus told him to come means he had the ability to do it. God will never ask you to do something. He has not already innately put the ability on the inside of you to do it. Which says that when Jesus tells you and I to do something, whatever needs to happen for you and I to do it, it's already been prearranged whether we can see it or understand it. Jesus, listen, he's not just the author of our faith. The Bible says he is also the finisher of our faith, which means, watch this. This is why you have to stay in faith to the end. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking to who, church? Looking to who? 
That's what Peter was doing. Look at the Jesus, listen, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. So I want you, I want us to process this. Let's think this out. What do authors do? What do they write? They write books, right? They write stories. Let me ask you a question. If a, if an author has written a book, do you think he knows what the end of the book sounds like? Why do you think he knows what the end of the book says? Because he wrote the book. So if Jesus, listen church, is the author of our faith, then he knows the beginning and the end of our faith walk. In other words, listen, Jesus wrote the script, so you don't need to trip. I'm going to say that again over here, this section right here, because y'all been tripping this week. It's the trip out section right here. Jesus wrote the script. So why are you tripping? I didn't say it the same, but you know what I mean, right? Let me say it over here. Jesus wrote the script. You don't need to trip. I, I know you want all the, all the answers. I do too. But that's not how faith works. You know, and faith ain't blind. I'm just going to jump out there. You're going you're gonna, you're gonna to fall all the way down. In your dream, you're going to hit the ground and be like, ah, right? No, 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 no. It's not, it's not a blind thing. It's a word thing. So if Jesus wrote the script, I don't need to trip. Everybody say, if Jesus wrote the script. I need, to, I'm gonna, I need to say it to the online because somebody, they tripping too. Everybody say, say, if Jesus wrote the script. I don't need to trip. Amen. Because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. And he knows the beginning. And, 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 and if he wrote the script, I don't need the trip. Why? Because the Bible already tells us the outcome in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says God always through Christ always causes us to win. So if I know I'm going to win in the end, my job is to stay in faith all the way to the end. Which leads me to our third point and our final point, which is never change a faith walk to a flesh walk. Now, just look at your neighbor right now and say, I know he's talking to you right now. Listen to Matt, uh, the message translation of Matthew chapter 14, verse 28. Peter suddenly bold said, Master, if it's really you, Call me to come to you on the water. He said, come ahead. And jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus. But when he looked down at the waves, turning beneath his feet, he lost his nerve and started to sink. And he cried, Master, save me. See, most believers start in faith, but they end in the flesh. And then they drown with disappointment at the end and blame God. See, let me tell you something, church. My faith determines what I see. My flesh determines if I sink. I'm going to say that again. I said, my faith determines if I, if I swim. It's the one that keeps me afloat. My faith determines what I see, but my flesh determines if I sink. You can't start in faith and then change to the flesh and be a consistent faith walker. I'm not saying you can't doubt every now and then. And I'm going to show you something about doubt in just a minute. Listen to the New Living Translation of Galatians 3. He says, how foolish can you be? After starting your Christian lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect 
by your own human effort? I love the ESV version. It says, are you so foolish having begun by the spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? In other words, he said, listen, you started out in faith. Why are you now letting your flesh rule you? You started believing. You started standing. You were trusting God, but it took too long. And now you're in the flesh. That's why you're frustrated. You know, frustration is nothing but a symptom of being out of faith. How can you be frustrated if you see the end at the beginning? He said, Pastor, I don't see the end. I don't see the end. That's the problem. You need to see the end. The end is in the book. He says he's going to work it together for good. That's the end. So if I know that's my end, my focus should not be, listen, church, the process that I'm going through. Amen. Matthew 14, 29. And when Peter was coming to out of the ship, he walked on the water to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, Lord, save me. Listen, church, don't let a flesh moment cancel your faith assignment. See, Moses, them, they could have done that. God told Moses, I'm going to use you to deliver my people. Moses didn't want to do it. He, he used an excuse like most of us. God, I can't speak God. Okay, I'm going to send Moses. I'm going to send Aaron. He's going to speak for you, but I still want you to do it. Because listen, God ain't going to give your faith assignment to somebody else until you have made a decision. You don't want to do it. So, here it is. Moses marches all these people out of Egypt. And then they face a situation, the Red Sea. You know what? Moses could have been like, well, God, you didn't tell me this was going to happen. So, I'm done. We turn around. We're going to surrender. No. He did not let a flesh moment cancel his faith assignment. And when doubt comes, because see, that's what happens. Most people don't, don't know. But when doubt comes, you can't let it stay. You can't control it coming, but you can't control it staying. And see, here's the bit. Hey, let me tell you how you deal with doubt. When in doubt, watch your mouth. Because that's the first, the devil can throw a lot of doubt at you, but he don't know you have internalized it until you open your mouth up. Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus said, but verily I say unto you, whosoever will say to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he say shall come to pass. He gonna have what he say. So if doubt, if, 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 if watch this now, if doubt comes, it can be controlled by my mouth. Hmm. You've been functioning in doubt and didn't even know it. See, this is why you got, listen. I can tell you where your next spiritual level and faith level is by looking at the friends you have. Can I tell you something? If you're at the highest level in your friendship, at the highest faith level, you need to change friends or add some. Who's challenging you? Who's pushing you? Who, is, listen, who is spiritual enough so when you do bring this person to them, they look at you and be like, they ain't them. Single people. See, the problem with single people, y'all want to do stuff and y'all want to hide it. 
I don't want to tell nobody because they're going to be hating. No, you don't want to tell nobody because you know they ain't the right person. Okay, all right, all right. Let's, let's not go down that road. Watch this, church. This is so good. What you keep your eyes on will help you walk by faith or help you walk by the flesh. So let's think through this. Think through this. Because I thought, this dude let the wind stop him from walking on water. Now, let's just logic this. Without wind, can you walk on water? Come on, church. Come on, church. Without wind, wind ain't blowing. Can you walk on water? Okay, so I said, well, whether the wind was blowing or not, it, listen, church, it had nothing to do with Peter walking on the water. Listen, his eyes made him sink, not the waves and the wind. Because it says he saw the wind. So he was looking at something that wasn't designed to stop him because that which he was looking at had nothing to do with him walking on it. And that's what we do. We look at stuff and be like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Well, the perspective is wrong because it's not about that thing stopping you or keeping you from doing it. It's about what I have my eyes on. Evidently, who was he looking at when he got out of the boat? So evidently, when he got his eyes off of Jesus, guess what happened? He started sinking. Here's the beautiful thing. He called Jesus for help. Because that's who called him out of the boat to begin with. So why, why, why when we start sinking, we call everybody. We call Jesus. Jesus is the one who told you to step out of the boat. I'm talking to somebody right now. You're starting your business and it looks like it's going backwards. Well, Jesus told you to start the business. So what you need to do, don't get on Facebook talking about, hey, can we do a GoFundMe? No, you need to go find yourself a, a spot somewhere and pray. If God told you to do it. That's who you need to talk to. When we start sinking, we call on everybody but Jesus. Listen, they didn't call you out of the boat. He did. Which means he called you, he's qualified you, and he's equipped you. Say amen to that. So listen to the verse 31 as we end. It says, and immediately, ooh, I love the Lord. Because, see, the Lord already know I can't swim that good anyway. See, it says he beginning to sink. He wasn't down off in the water drowning yet. He beginning. So that, that was, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his what? Hand and he caught him and said unto him, read it with me. Oh, thou of what? Little. Okay. So wait a minute. So wait a minute. So what was causing him to walk on the water? His faith was. He says, Oh, you a little faith. Where did you doubt? And then read verse 32 with me. And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Question. How did they get to the ship? The Bible says a good man falls seven times, but just get back up again. See, a lot of y'all stay down because you beating yourself up. God ain't. God done moved on. He's waiting on you to get back up again. The Bible says a good man falls seven times. So the thing is, stop beating yourself up. And some of y'all are stuck in cycles. You're stuck in a beat up cycle. And listen, God can't push you forward because you're the one that's stuck. It says, and when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Because, see, wind is nothing but uh, a type of adversity. Have you noticed that 
things weren't good and fighting and going on. And then the moment you achieve it, it seemed like they stopped just like that. So how do we apply the word today? Here's number one. Decide right now. Everybody say right now. Decide right now to be a faith walker in every area. What what area do you need to? Some of y'all need to walk in faith on how you manage your money. Not Listen, good stewardship starts with how you give to God, but it doesn't end there. It only starts there. It ends with how you manage the rest. And some of you all, you need to, listen, you need to just become a faith walker. You say, well, Pastor, if I do a budget, I don't have no more, I don't have no more money at the end of the month. Then guess what? That's Jesus' problem, not yours. If I obey what he told me to do, then when I get close to the end, I'm expecting some increase to come. I'm the Lord, okay. I see, you see my account. I ain't, listen, I'm just going to praise you and I'm going to thank you because that's what you do. If you know somebody's going to do something before they do it, you thank them for it. So Lord, I thank you right now. I thank you that increase is coming. I thank you that blessings are coming. I thank you that prosperity is coming. I thank you you're speaking to me and to give them my bosom. I thank you for the windows of heaven are open. I thank you that it's pouring me out a blessing. I thank you that if your God is for me, then who can be against me? Lord, I thank you that more is for me than what I can see. So you got, but you got to decide what area in your life right now. I want you to just think about it. Oh man, what area do I need to walk in? Some of y'all need to walk in faith to, to forgive. The problem with people and they don't forgive is because they think that unforgiveness punishes the other person when all it does is keep you from getting sleep. Unforgiveness is for you. Maybe you need to walk in faith and let them go. Let them go. See, the scripture says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. See, until you stop giving them pay, payouts, until you stop, he can't start. Amen. Some of you all need to step in faith, step out in faith, start faith walking. And you need to, you need to join word of truth. I'm still looking. Girl, you've been looking since 1805. 1805, you looking for a church. Well, I'm looking for a church. You come here, we, we think you a member. <laughs> Here's number two. This is how you apply this. Oh, this is so good. Build your faith in whatever area you need to walk in. Build your faith by listening to this message at least once for the next seven days. Because see, some of y'all are drowning in doubt. God's trying to get you to step out. But doubt is so much in there that one message is not going to drown that doubt out. Amen. How does faith come? Comes right here. Here's the third one and we're done here. Activate your faith walk by exercising one of the ways to get a word from God. If right now you're in a difficult situation, I dare you to go to God and take one of those six ways and ask him to give you a word. He's a good, good father and he is going to talk to you when you need it. He's not trying to hold back nothing from you. If you don't understand something, ask him. But listen, please be ready to receive what he wants to say to you. See, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Most people don't trust God. They don't trust him. See, when you trust him, you leave the outcome to him. Because when I first started my journey, I was like, I, I was, I was going to stay single the rest of my life. I was good. And then I reached the point, you know, because... You get all these DMs and all that stuff. I wasn't ready for all that. I was like, "Ooh, Sister Serious out here in these streets. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. I was like, oh. 
That made me pray even harder. May I lay the Lord, let me sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. No, no. I, I was like, oh. So here was my prayer. Lord, I, I, I'm not really uh, interested, but I said, you know what? I want whatever you want for me. If being single is good for me, I'll do that. If being married is better for me, I'll do that. I Listen, church, single people listen to me. I said, I leave that choice to you. And some of you, you ain't met nobody because you don't trust them with the choice. I don't want him to tell me I'm going to stay single. You don't trust him. Because if he knows in your heart you want to be married, why would he do that? But you don't trust, you don't trust him. Look at your neighbor and say, he's fussing at me right now. Go ahead and tell him he's fussing at me. So with every head bow. Every head bow. Every head bow. Oh, I, I see. The, listen, there are some people God wants you to buy a house. And you have looked at the interest rates. And you have said the interest rates are too high. I will wait till they come down. And God is saying no. Because the interest rates are not your supply. I am. There's some people. It's time for you to get another car. It's time for you to get another car. It's time for you to get another car. I don't want one right now. But it's time. You are spending more money on repairs than you are with the car. Who's your supply? God is. Whatever's in your heart, I dare you to take that thing to the Lord and let him examine it. Father, I thank you for the word today. Holy Spirit, take it and apply it to everyone's heart that need it. And I thank you for new beginnings taking place in their lives as we walk by faith and not by sight. With every head still bowed, even if you're watching me, here's my question. If you die today, are you ready to...